Okay, here we go. Okay, these folks that are standing, okay, we're going to commission them and we're going to pray over them this morning. But I want to speak into that before we pray for them. And for you guys to understand, this is not just some duty we're asking you to please do in the church because no one else wants to do it. Okay, there's a purpose here. Heaven's partnering with you guys and commissioning and empowering you to do the work that He's called to do in this life and in this community. Okay, so thank you. Thanks, guys. We can take our seats. I'll speak to that and we're going to pray for you in a little while. Yeah, okay. So the point, you see, of commissioning, okay, if you look at what that is, the part of understanding is, like I said, it's not a role. And you're not operating in your... Um, so what I'm saying is, no, you're not just going to do a duty. You're operating in kingdom mandate. Okay, you're as ambassadors serving the vehicle of the kingdom called the church, the ecclesia, to ensure that the next generation run with fire. They run with horses. As Joe arrived here on the other Sunday, what was a pre, the fast family, she had this line, running with horses. Rhodes said that line to me probably four years ago. We're going to run with horses. Hey, six years ago. Sure. I've got older, you look the same. That's amazing. <laughs> hey? That's right. But we run with horses. We run with fire. Okay? And we take the baton on and we pass it to the next generation to say, keep going. Keep running. Those in your 60s and your 70s, you've run a good race. Those that are coming through need to take the baton and run with it. And there are many places around the world where the church is fumbling because they've not honored the generations. And pass things down. And then they wonder why the church is not working. And they look with judgment to this crazy young generation. Out of touch. They don't get things today. You know? No, you've lost touch. Okay, with the way the world is today. You need to understand the questions on these young people's hearts. And what they're asking. You see, all we need to do is look at our education system in South Africa. Okay? That's just one example and one lane where we are challenged in our nation with regards to how our children are being equipped and trained and empowered and educated. Okay, there are, yes, shining lights and shining stars amongst the midst of it, but the most of it is below par. And, it, and it's unacceptable, honestly, in a standard that we are believing for our nation to kind of be. So there were some headlines in the, in, the, in the news this week about a school in Johannesburg that had such an intense brawl in the classroom, there was a kid sitting on the back of the teacher strangling him. I'm like, is that okay? Like, I don't think so. We, we've lost the plot. And the problem is now, what we're seeing here, it's not just, oh, because that's happening in the natural. There's an outbreak in the spiritual realm of lawlessness, anarchy. And the generation have allowed the younger generation to do what they want. Okay? We, are, we have a challenge ahead of us. All those deaths at the Dale College Uni um, School in East London. When I, when I heard of the second death, and I only heard of the second one that happened in the same week, the first thing I went is, there's ancestral worship involved here. And I've, now I hear there were four kids in the last four or five months that actually died at that school. And then I saw one of the articles come up saying, t parents are saying demonic spirits are involved. Yeah. We're not playing games here anymore, folks. Okay, there's a crisis in our nation if we just look at education. But we've got a crisis in government. We've got a crisis in business with unemployment rates. And the next generation are the ones that are going to have to bear it all. And carry it through. And what does the church carry? We carry the solutions. We don't try and save it all. We do the very best we can in our sphere of influence. We God has positioned us to do what He's called us to do. Then I saw an article this morning. Our children are used as pawns and slaves. That band called De Antwoord. 
Now, they're, they're an internationally acclaimed band. Okay? They, they, there's a 20-year-old that's come out from that band saying that as a, I think it was a 9 or 10-year-old, they were basically fostered and taken from this school, whatever it was, and they became this band's slave for the last 12 years or 10 years, whatever it is. Okay, now they're a nationally, internationally acclaimed band representing South Africa. They are sick people. There are sick things taking place in our society. And you know who's being affected and lambasted by most of it is our children. They are being pushed around and having to fall into the, the manipulation of adults and their desire for fleshly gain and what they're requiring. These kids are being played as pawns. It can't happen. And it can't happen here. If we're going to set the tone, we set the difference here. And how we embrace the next generation, we honor them, we esteem them, we lift them up, we encourage them. They say, come on, we don't use them for our gain. Particularly our fleshly desires. There are so many sick things around the world with regards to children and child trafficking. We've got to wake up and realize stuff. That it's disgusting. And the, 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 the depth of what the enemy has done around the nations of the world is being exposed more and more and more. Sick people like Jeffrey Epstein, who I think he was murdered because he would bring out too much, too much exposure to high-ranking people in the world. That is going to keep happening. And don't be shocked when you see it happen. Be like, well, praise God it's come to the light. Let's keep believing and trusting. Because what we can see is God's answering our prayers. He is showing us what is actually going on under the surface. As the light is shining the darkness. There's a line we're saying there, God's heart is bigger than our heart. His, his light shines and the darkness will shine even bright. Um, and the darkness will evade because of the light that shines. Are you asking me a question, Pat? That's right. And Disney has been exposed. Exactly. Yeah, I've, there's a mate or a friend in the States who's fighting hard for that. They don't get to tell the tone of how you raise your children. You're the sexuality that your child wants to choose. They are not your, the parents of the children. And guys, you see Disney's been this family environment for years and stuff like that. But now what we're starting to see is what actually is undergirthed in, a, in an environment like that. And a lot of these things involve things like Freemasonry, which involves things like witchcraft and satanic operation, which then requires child sacrifice and blood to be sacrificed. This stuff is rampant around our world. And we mustn't lose heart. We mustn't look and think, oh, what are we going to do? Keep living your life, shining the light of God. And He will stand and He will fight for His people. I was reading in a sermon there, but Isaiah 30. 6, 37, 38, and these guys come up against Hezekiah and all these big words and all that's going to take place and happen, and God fights and wins for them. The angel of the Lord come and they slay 185,000 of the enemy. I'm like, God does that, and we have to believe that He will fight on our behalf to slay the wicked, and we are in a season like that where it's going to continue playing out. Anyway, okay, so we can't, when we think of the next generation, okay, we need to have a long-term strategy. Okay, if we're going to have short-sightedness, when you realize you've been short-sighted, it's too late. You've missed the opportunity. And if we as a community aren't going to lead the way in our younger children and our youth by embracing them and honoring them, then we have been short-sighted. And it's going to be too late when we realize, oh man, oh, if only we invested in our children and our youth. If only, if only we had given more effort. If only we had done this. It's too late. Okay? We need, it's, you're being reactive, okay, and we need to wake up to this urgent dilemma. 
And the answers, we have the opportunity to, because, because we carry the answers, we have the healing, we have the empowering, the equipping, and the release right here. It's called the church. Because Jesus is the head of the church. And he embraced all children. The disciples didn't get it too. No, no, go away. Jesus, he's a busy man. No, 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 children, come to me. We have to have that same heart. Okay? And I want us to agree with something here. Okay? Let us be in agreement that we as a community will honor, treasure, and respect our younger generation. We will show grace, but understanding to their questions and their actions. Okay? We will not only agree in our hearts, but our actions will follow. Meaning we play our part that takes time and energy. It takes time and energy to raise children. If you abdicate from being a parent, they will choose their own way, like it says at the end of Judges, and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. There are too many children that just do what's right in their own eyes because they haven't been parented. Discipline, boundaries, related for your children. It's not a free-for-all. When they turn 18 and they turn 21, there's, a, there's a, a, an opportunity for them to lead their own lives, but they will always be your children. You're laughing because they're 40 and you're still their parents helping talking. You don't ever stop being a parent. Never stops. Okay? So why, why are we talking to this? Why are we doing this? Because what is the foundation? Heaven's foundation is family. What came strong through, through lockdown? Family. Honor family. You were forced in the same house for a long time to get on with each other. Because it's the bedrock of what the foundations of the kingdom are built upon is family. Not your ministry, not how amazing your business is, not how incredible you are and how everyone likes you. You will know and you will measure and judge people by their children. There's a hard truth. If you want to see how people are, look at their children. It's a key answer to how things play out. And I'm saying kids raising up to being teenagers. I want to read a word here that Kathleen read a few weeks ago. I wasn't here that morning. But it's a message from a guy called, a prophetic word, a guy called Nate Johnson. It's fairly lengthy, but it provokes something. I want to read it again because he's, he's calling, he's decreeing something out in this season. Okay? He says, the days of building empires are over. Praise God. There is no more juice left in that wineskin. The grace period to keep prioritizing brick and mortar, meaning buildings and gardens and all that kind of stuff related to the church, instead of our sons and our daughters, is over. There was a big argument that came out many years ago that the budget in most American big churches for their garden and building maintenance is bigger than their youth and children maintenance um, budget. So what's more important? Okay? If you want to see someone's importance, someone said, go and look what they spend money on. And you will see what's important to people when you see what they spend money on. The heart of God is brooding over family. If you're looking for what God's pulse is on right now, that is it. Not fake family, not plastic, inauthentic, religious, cliche family, but real family. We have been so good at building structures and administratively creating perfect organizations, systems, and people management, but we have lost the very heart of the Father. If you're wondering what to build, build family. Repair family. Champion the family. Fight for the family. The enemy is warring so hard after the family and the values of kingdom family because he sees that is the future. 
He sees that it is the key that unlocks harvest and an army of uncompromising burning ones. I came to the youth on Friday night to talk to them and to what we're going to do here this morning too. And I gave them an understanding that all of the disciples except Peter were teenagers. John, they reckon, was as young as 14 years old when Jesus called him. He lived the longest. He outlived them all. He was the only one that wasn't martyred, but they were teenagers. You know why he chose teenagers? Because they didn't think of consequences. (laughs) They just did it. And then they realized, oh, maybe that's going to cause trouble. (laughs) It caused a lot of trouble, but they turned the world upside down. Teenagers, listen to me. You are not set aside and put aside. You have purpose. God is calling you to arise, okay? Okay, the tide of culture right now is warring against the family. But we, but we, get, uh, we get to be the wave that pushes it back. The days of the enemy tearing down our homes are over. It's been an injustice at one that God is correcting. That's why religion can't be our idol and ministry our mistress. I love that. We have to protect the home. We can't be lovers of the boardroom more than the family room. We can't be sacrificing our children on the altar of doing kingdom. We can't let Disney raise our kids while we're off doing fire tunnels. We can't let Netflix and computer games numb our kids to the reality of the spirit. We must build the altar in the home again. We have to lead our families into the presence and into real encounters. This is the change of gears season where God is anchoring us back to what really matters. Think about it, folks, what I said last week on Easter Sunday. What really matters in this as you're pursuing Jesus? Many will be things will be pushed into you that become idols. What really matters? It's family is the key thing. That is what you have felt, an internal shift of priorities, and your appetite has changed. That's God showing you where He wants you to move. It's a season of stepping into a different flow, off the hamster wheel and into the slipstream of the Spirit. It's a season of less is more. We have proved that over the last nearly two years here. We've had very, very little finance, like very little. But look what's happening. Less is more when it comes to the kingdom. Your bank account isn't your assurance. God is with us is the assurance. And less is more. And you will be so surprised by what God produces with your yes to the less. It's a season of taking back the family mountain for the kingdom and is stripping false kings of their titles and evicting them from their thrones. That is very powerful. There are false kings in this world that are elevating. I, I was horrified watching that documentary of that oak in the UK, Jimmy Savile. I, I didn't know that guy. I've never met him. But a sick man that only after he died, there were 400 cases that came out of child molestation and rape after he died. Sick man that silenced, silenced young children out of fear and guilt. Those days are over. Okay, it's a, uh, um, 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 it's a season of taking back your family to the mountain, stripping false kings of their titles and evicting them from their thrones. It's a season of finally coming into stability and an establishing for families who have been in the long hallway of transition for many years. He is planting you so he can make you into a pillar and a shade and a refuge for so many others. This is the birthing place of revival. And this is what, we, what the pioneering was, um, this is what the pioneering was all for. 
See, revival is the church being revived. And in that, people are saved and added. Okay, this is a season we are moving away from the manicured to the messy. The ducks all in a row to the completely reliant on the spirit. But the, the fruit will speak for itself. Amen. Empires have successfully created clones and obedient servants, but have failed to raise friends of God that know his voice. Family is restored. Everything that religion has defiled. We are on a take-back mission, and the lost are coming home. We're calling on these prodigals. They are coming home. The isolated and those camped out on the fringe, rejected, outcast, and those who don't fit the criteria of the system, they are coming home. The table is being spread, and the prodigals are already beginning to run. We have to be ready with a ring and a robe. Come on. It's that time. He's getting you ready. Right now, he is severing all unhealthy attachments and ties to you. He is setting the record straight over your home. Get your house in order. That's pretty in line with what God's doing in the season, right? This generational dysfunctions you grew up in are no longer yours to continue in. This is a season that God begins a new thing in your home. Kingdom legacy is beginning. He has started a new bloodline that begins with you right now in this moment. I prophesy, legacy begins here and now. This is where it changes. Our kids will not grow up tormented, demonized, gender confused, addicted, or unsure of who they are. They will be and are sons and daughters of God who know their identity and purpose, pursuers of God's heart and restorers of those who are broken. Our marriages will no longer be attacked, assassinated, broken down, and destroyed. Our marriages will be holy and set apart. Not like the world's way, but built upon the rock in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just applaud the King. Come on, amen. Amen. That's the standard we're going for. Nothing less. Nothing less. And as we pray for these people and we commission them into what is God is saying here, okay, um, I want to look at one Greek word to explain to what we're going to do here this morning. But first, just let's understand what commissioning means. It's an instruction or command or duty given to a group of people or a person for specific purpose. Okay, specific purpose. Do you realize each of you have a specific purpose here on this earth? It's not wasted time and hoping for the best to come. No, not only do we appoint leaders, but we know that heaven backs everything you do according to your specific purpose. You are not alone in doing this, okay? I could never, ever lead this church community if I didn't have the backing of heaven with me. I am literally just not that good on my own. It would be impossible to do what God has called us to do and called me and Kathleen to do here without heaven's backing. What I would build here is a religious institution that would have lovely preachers and sing beautiful songs, but the people would lack all um, understanding and power of what the Spirit will do in and through you to be world changers. It'll just be a, rot uh, a rotary meeting, a club, and we do our church duty and we go home. If we don't have the backing of what God has, has happened, and, and what happens along the way is you will get tested and you will get tempted to build things according to what you want to do, but God will always bring you back with humility back to what He wants to build and what He's doing and saying, okay? And this is essential for us today because as we focus on you, rooted kids, leaders, 
and you wildfire youth that are championing things. In this community, you see the next generation run with fire and run with horses. I want to read four quick verses, and there's one word that sticks out in all of them. This word only appears four times in the New Testament. I preached this probably in 2018, and by most accounts, people remember preachers for 72 hours. You won't even remember that I preached this word. If you do, just wave at me. That's an accolade to you. Well done. I preached it in 2018, so good luck. That's four years ago. You probably didn't remember. Okay, Luke 1.8, he says, And the child, he's talking about John the Baptist, and the child grew and became strong. That word strong in the spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance in Israel. Luke 2.40 says, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And it says that he grew in favor and stature with both God and men. 1 Corinthians 16.13, Paul's finishing up, his first book to the Corinthians, and he says, Be watchful, stand firm, act like men. That's to the men, obviously. Don't, ladies, please don't act like men. We're all confused by that. You're women. Okay? Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And this is the one I want to focus on. Ephesians 3, 14 to 20 says, and he's praying for spiritual strength. And this is a prayer that Paul's praying. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the, the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with, the, with all the fullness of God. Now to Him is to be able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think, than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Mm. So those four passages have this one word in there. And you'll see from this passage, Paul in the Ephesians passage, okay, the Trinity plays a part there, the power of the Spirit, the work of the Son, linking us to the Father. Okay, and through this prayer of Paul, you'll get the full understanding why the baptism of the Holy Spirit Amen. is essential Amen. for you to fulfill the mandate that God has called you to do. Okay, if you read letters and sermons of John G. Lake that was in South Africa in around about, I think it was 1904 to 1908, somewhere around about there, okay, and Lake referred then to 120 years ago how frivolously people ask to be filled with the Spirit. It's just, it's just a, oh, a little thing. There's no desire and deep hunger for this filling. It's just another little thing that needs to be done, frivolously asking for it. It's so much more than that. And this fighting for the things of the Spirit has now in the last 10, 15 years become quite a contentious thing in the church. What my dad and forefathers fought for in the late 60s and the 70s, our role is to build upon what they have fought for. Not to go back to the way we think we should, should do it right and then start all over again. You lose out. We are building on what the forefathers have fought for. My fight in my generation is different. Aiden and Ella, my children, their fight will be different. But they will stand upon my shoulders. Okay, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a contentious issue. You can't do without it. 
You can't do your work. You can't do your work unto the Lord. You can't pray for people. You can't sing. You can't rejoice in Him without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your heart. Okay? And it's become a crazy sticky point in church. Don't mention the word baptism of the Holy Spirit in church. What? What do you mean don't mention what the Bible speaks about? Okay? Church is not for the unbeliever. It's for the believer. Okay? Just to put that point straight. Okay? And the whole reason Jesus came was to show us a greater way. Okay? So he died a cruel death, paid a price for us, which we beautifully celebrated last weekend, and honoring our King for all that He's done for us. The price that He paid for us was that so the Holy Spirit would be made manifest in each one of you. This is where the power lies, folks. Not your knowledge. Not that I've read through the Bible 20 times. Not that I do good works. Your power lies within what Jesus has paid a price for you, that you are now one with Him as He is one with the Father, and He is one in you, and you're all one together by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is where the power lies. Okay? It's whether we want to settle or live from this place of His glory and see signs and wonders that are beyond our ability or just step back and just keep things the way they were. No. We want to pursue the things of the supernatural that defy logic, that can't be understood in our own natural world. And what we call them is miracles. Okay? What is a miracle? We live a life of miracles. A miracle is an event that appears inexplicably by the laws of nature, so is held to a supernatural in origin or act of God. I've heard people say, well, you can't have a lot of miracles. Then it's not a miracle. No, no. Okay, a miracle's not because it happens a lot. Okay, a miracle is a miracle because you can't explain what happened. Okay, it's like, well, I don't know. God just did it. God just provided, or I'm healed. There's nothing wrong with my body anymore. Okay, we can have miracles every day of your life. And that's how we need to live, understanding the power of the Holy Spirit that He's given us to live like that every day. Okay, I want you to see today the relevance and importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. A price was paid for this, okay? So without it, you only enjoy the first work of Jesus. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you only enjoy the first work. The first work was saved. You are salvation. Salvation is not the end. Salvation is the beginning. It's a step into glory, a step into eternity, a step into the kingdom as an ambassador now to continue the work of the Lord here on the earth for His kingdom to be advanced, okay? You need revelation of His power for the greater works that we need to do, okay? You've just not been renewed or fixed now that you have Jesus, you've been totally changed, folks. You've been totally changed from one person to another. I've seen people get saved and they are radically changed. Rodney R. Brown always used to use this example of the Mack truck experience. That if you have somebody that stands in a road and they get hit by a 16-ton truck, okay, the next time someone sees them, then they go, my, you've changed. You look different. If you're going to be hit by the power of the things of God, your life will change forever. People will have a marked difference. It's funny, when I came back from Israel in 2012, people told me there's something different about you. I was like, well, I don't know. God did something in me. I had an infilling and empowering. I don't know what took place, but something changed. And we go through that. That's what it means to be, we are being saved. We are, are being transformed day by day to be more like the Son, Jesus. Every day, we're being transformed and changed to be more like Him. Okay.
time. Dissolve the essence. Okay? So you have been changed into another person. So your thinking, your ways, your nature, everything has been renewed for him. Your thinking. Okay? How you think about the world. How you think what's the narrative of the world. No. Kingdom narrative. Your nature. Not your personality. Your nature. Okay, how you are, the things that are embedded inside of you as a person, it's all been changed. Now, when Paul writes this passage in Ephesians 3, and he speaks about um, that um, uh, every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened. When he's saying riches of glory there, what he's saying is, he's borrowing that word from the financial world. Riches of glory, okay, he's talking about riches. So what he's speaking about is an abundance of flow. A flow of abundance, like riches that flow from the, from the place of whatever, business or whatever that flows, okay? So if there's a flow of something, there has to be a source, okay? So if there's a flow of God's glory, these riches of His glory to flowing through, it's got to flow, okay, from grace, a flow of love, a flow of glory. If there's a source, there must be a destination. Every river has a destination, Every river meets the sea, except the Dead Sea. Okay? Every river has a source. Every river has a destination. The glory of God, the source, flows from His throne. And the source from His throne, by the power of what Jesus has done with us, connects us as one. You are the destination for the flow of His glory. Okay? And I'm not going to get into this day, but it is actually tangible flow that takes place. That's why we lay hands on people. There's an impartation of glory that takes place from one person to the other. There's the ministry of laying on of hands and impartation and encounters what God has done. So the source is the throne of God and the destination is you, your inner man. Your inner man is empowered and changed and transformed by the power of the glory of God to be an ambassador for the kingdom. I refer again, you could not do this on your own. You are partnering with heaven to do this. So the word that is used in these passages is the, word, is the English word strong or strengthened, as we see in that passage in Ephesians. And it's taken from a Greek word called kratuya. Okay? The Greek word, and sorry, I haven't got it up on the screens here, but trust me, it's spelled K-R-A-T-A-O-O-I. Whether I've got the pronunciation correct, probably not, but it doesn't matter. Kratuya. That comes from the root word kratos. Okay? And that word kratos Okay, it's very hard to kind of explain in English. You understand Greek is far more expressive. We understand the word love in English has four meanings in Greek. This is what this kind of word does. Kratos explains and understands and speaks about the highest, the highest, the highest, the highest, highest authority. And it can only belong to God. So the root word of kratuya comes from the word kratos, which refers only to God meaning that there's no one higher than Him. Okay, now think of the flow of the root word, meaning authority and, and, and who He is, okay, that flows to a word, kratuya, okay, and I'll build upon that now. Okay, so meaning, um, and it's sometimes used for Jesus, but mostly refers to God Almighty. And as I said, it appears four times. So Paul, when he's writing this in Ephesians, saying that the riches of His glory might strengthen you, he, that strengthened is the word kratuya. Okay, so what he's saying is the same word that was used over John the Baptist to be strong in spirit, the same word used over Jesus that he would be strong in spirit to accomplish 
the mandate and the call upon his life. He is saying that the riches of his glory might be in you to strengthen you for the mandate and the call that God has got upon your life toward the kingdom. There's no excuse that you say, well, we'll never be able to do it. When William Booth extended the Salvation Army and guys started their, um, their, their outpost out in Chicago. No, it wasn't Chicago. It was Los Angeles. And they tried everything. They tried everything. They tried all sorts of things to make this mission of the Salvation Army work. And they sent a, a telegram back saying, it's not working. We'll never be able to get this done. He sent them a two-word telegram back saying, try prayer. <laughs> okay? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have everything of equipping and power to accomplish the work that God has given for you. If you've given up, it means you've fallen into doubt. You need faith to rise into your hearts. If you've not seen success, keep going. It's not about the numbers. It's about faithfulness, what God has called you to do. Okay? Um, so Paul speaks about that word over Jesus. Well, that's read in the Gospels about Jesus and John the Baptist. Okay? And we have that same spirit for these assignments. Okay? We need to be clear. Both Jesus and John the Baptist walked paths in their lives that prepared them for these great days of ministry. Okay, why would it be different for us? Why would he leave us? He said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. I'm going to come and bring you the counselor, the helper that will be with you in all that you need to do. Okay? This is what God has done for us. Okay, it taps into the source of power we've been given access to, a flood, a flow from the throne of God of his manifest glory that works in and through you. But this doesn't come cheap. God doesn't just pour out more and more to people. It comes with a price. It comes with the cost of you laying your life down for him. You see, when you read the, the letters and the things of John, the, of John G. Lake, okay, who carried a phenomenal, phenomenal power, and he saw hundreds and thousands of people being healed. Hundreds and thousands. That's where they started the healing rooms. It was based upon this man in Spokane, Washington, that had a house that people used to come to, and they get prayed for, and they were healed. He saw hundreds and thousands. Do you know that even though he was praying for people and seeing healings, he still desired a greater filling and empowering of the Holy Spirit upon his life. And after seeing thousands being healed, had an encounter with God that changed his life for the more. So the miracles weren't the thing that was satisfying him. He wanted more of the Holy Spirit to empower and equip him because he wasn't satisfied. Your works won't satisfy you. Only the Lord Almighty and the power of His Spirit will satisfy everything that you do, okay? You will never, ever fulfill any mandate here on earth with soul power, positive thinking, and good works. The empowering, enabling, and infusing work of the Holy Spirit in and through you is the only way it will sustain and bring about lasting and powerful change to the work of your hands as you walk in the life's, of your life's mission and call. If you're confused about your call, your mission, your mandate, your purpose, what's my will in life, I don't know, kind of stuff. Let's go to a great passage that will show you that. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Yeah, that means so much more now than what we've seen in the last two years. Stop following the narrative of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may, may discern what the will of God is. By testing, man, it comes through fire, this stuff. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So these two verses, as I say, don't come cheap. If you want clarity, here we go. First thing, be a living sacrifice. Lay your life down and your own agendas aside. 
what you are gaining and what you're looking for in this life is nothing compared to what God will give you. Okay? Not my will, but yours being done. Jesus even prayed those prayers and those words. Okay? That is true worship as a living sacrifice to God. Secondly, don't conform to the world's narrative and way of thinking. You need to actually repent for ways of thinking. He has a controversial line. If you thought the vaccine was going to save us, you need to repent. Because vaccines won't save us. It's the Lord God Almighty who is our Savior. Amen? You need to renew your minds. In changing the way you think is repenting. So you can't change the way you think unless you repent and you confess the way your thinking was wrong. The only way you can find the favor of God is through confession and admission of guilt and wrongdoing. Repentance literally means to turn around, to turn, to change the way you think. Change 180, thank you, Neil, from one direction to another. You can't find God's favor by trying to do good works and please Him. And I've got a good heart before the Lord. It's the admission of guilt, the admission of wrongdoing and confession before Him. That's renewing your mind. You are going to be tested. You are going to be tempted along the way. But the testing produces endurance. Endurance forms character. And character sees hope arise that will never put us to shame. That's Romans 5. Now that you're ready to be used by God from this point, you see, when you do all those things, you're ready. That doesn't take 10 minutes. This takes a lifetime of laying your life down before God. Now you're ready to be used and walk in the call and mission for your life and to know the power of a revival lifestyle. That means that every day my cup runneth over. I've been reading a book from 1950. And he likes to use versions like that. My cup runneth over. Every day you can have that. You are living in constant revival. That's what revival is. The flow of heaven flowing in and through you. The church has been dead boring because we've tried to do it our own way. Okay? So let's remind ourselves here this morning. We are the ecclesia of the church of the living God. Called out and set apart. We're not the world. We are set apart for service for His kingdom. As sons and daughters, we are ambassadors to this kingdom because the spirit of adoption has rescued us from an orphan spirit. You are no longer an orphan. You are adopted as His very own. Now you've been empowered to go and to bring change to the world because you've been kratuyified. You've got the power of God that's been placed inside of you. You have no excuse to walk in what God has called you to be, to empower to continue with the, the mandate and the call upon your life. Romans 12 is the keys on how to do it though. Don't look for success. Don't look for gain on the earthly side. It'll gobble you and eat you up. Look for the affirmation from heaven that there was Peter and um, Sharon Harvey's mom who passed away last year, old um, Harriet DeFries. She was a champion and a hero of heaven's eyes, but she never spoke here in the front of this church ever. You see, she never took the mic once. She didn't have to. In God's eyes, she was faithful to what she had called to be done. See, world measures on nothing. Okay, with having said all that, okay, we are going to commission some leaders this morning and praying this kratuya word over you that you are, you are empowered to do the work and to serve this younger generation of our children and our youth, okay? And, if, and I want to encourage all of you this morning, have your hearts open, okay? Because God wants to touch us as well. We've just come through the greatest and the most powerful weekend that we live and serve here on this earth being able to celebrate all this now because of a price that was paid for us last weekend. We now live in the fulfillment and the fullness of that. 
There's no excuses. The enemy will constantly lie to you, constantly tell you you're no good. But the kingdom of God is advancing and he's looking for people that, that will arise and will shine in this day and this hour. So have your hearts open because God wants to touch all of us today. Okay? Because I believe this is an, a morning of encounter. Okay? And it's a morning of impartation to all of us.